Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is old there, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads, take me home to this place where I belong. With the big fat loss, West Virginia, go home, huggy bear, you just lost. Welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. This is episode 32, and I just got back from the tech game, and we whipped up on the Mountaineers of West Virginia. They got to go scurry back home to Morgantown with a big fat L, so... That's what I got to say about that. So we're going to talk, uh, we're definitely going to talk some tech basketball this week. Um, I've got a big fat rant I'm going to be going off on on the Dallas Cowboys because, well, <laughs> there was a debacle last Sunday. I'm going to give you my thoughts on the NFL playoffs. We're going to do a little bit of a re-prediction because idiotic me predicted the Cowboys were going to go to the Super Bowl. I should have, <laughs> I don't know what was wrong with me last weekend. And we've got some listener questions. We actually got quite a few of listener questions this week. And then we're going to end with the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So uh, let's talk about some tech basketball. Um, we're going to back up just a little bit to uh, earlier this week. So uh, Tech had a win Tuesday night against Iowa State. Um, very, very good win. Very good win. Very strong win on their part. Um, you know, really just laid it, laid it to them and it showed that tech, that tech should have won um, in Ames, even though they were shorthanded. Um, you know, it showed Tech was the better team, I think. So very impressive win. And, you know, it was a win over an opponent that's ranked higher than you uh, and certainly helps helps in your, uh, you know, tournament resume. And then today came back and beat West Virginia. West Virginia is always a very tough out in the Big 12 in basketball. They're a very physical team. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're nicknamed Press Virginia for a reason. Uh, you know, they've, they play extremely good defense most of the time. They, um, they've got some pretty, pretty strong players, um, you know, over the years, and certainly this year no different. Um, this was the first time I actually got to see them play live. This is the first time I actually got to see Huggy Bear or Bob Huggins, for those of you in Rio Linda, um, on you know live and in person and first of all that that dude he he's built like a linebacker that's number one number two man does he gripe at the officials more than most coaches i've seen and they they had him on a long leash today because there were multiple times he probably should have gotten a technical foul and he didn't but you know that's okay we'll send him scurrying back to west virginia with a big fat l and that's fine with me. So overall, obviously, very impressive week for Tech. Um, you know, doesn't get any easier this next week. They've got Kansas Monday in Lawrence. Historically, Tech has only won in Lawrence once. Uh, happened several years ago. I think it happened, in fact, it was either the late Elite Eight year or the Final Four year, or the National Championship game year. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, Tech really... Took it to them in Lubbock, um, 
you know, and we'll see what happens on Monday. And then they've got Saturday, they've got the Big 12 SEC Challenge, and they're going to be playing Mississippi State this year. I, I love the Big 12 SEC Challenge, and I love that it's where it's at in the schedule. Um, you know, right at the end of January, um, I like I like that the Big 12 and the SEC play this, and it's there's been some fun games through the years. You know, the last, in fact, the last sporting event I went to before COVID hit in 2020 was the Tech-Kentucky game, went into overtime, and just unfortunately Tech couldn't pull it out. Um, and then two years before that, 2018, got to see Tech beat Arkansas, which was, that was really fun because I had a lot of Arkansas fans sitting around me and they were doing, you know, their woo pixie wee, you know, thing. And, uh, you know, one of the most annoying chants uh, in sports. And so, but uh, anyway, I love the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Um, I just, I read a story this week, I think it was out of CBS Sports, that part of the priority with, you know, the new Big 12 reorganizing things is to keep that Big 12 SEC Challenge in place and keep it this time of the year. So hopefully that that stays in place. So Tech will play Kansas Monday. Then next Saturday is Mississippi State. And then February 1st will be here. I'll talk more about that next week. So obviously big impressive win for, for Tech this week. Uh, pretty good crowd today at, uh, at the USA for an 11 a.m. game. Um, certainly better than anything you'll see at the Irwin Center, that's for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously impressive win. And, you know, this this team just fun to watch. And at this point, uh, most uh, tournament projections have Tech at a three seed. Just got to keep winning games. Got to keep, uh, you know, taking care of business. I, I hope that they get to start the first two rounds off at in Fort Worth. Uh, Fort Worth is hosting uh, NCAA tournament games this year first and second round action i think that'd be perfect uh scenario for tech and uh, we'll see what happens but uh certainly you know some big games coming up this week uh for texas tech and you know it's the big 12 you know you can't really rest any time when you play the big 12 so we'll see what happens but um you know i do want to say a couple couple things about uh jeff goodman uh you know he again stirred up controversies he's not well liked by tech fans so there's there's a big reason why because number one i mean the dude is totally in the tank for chris beard or, or excuse me not chris beard judas country club beard and um so this week he stirred up controversy again you know tweeted out that you know tech is the worst job in the big 12 and you know Credit to Jeff Goodman. He went on a, another tech podcast um, and and basically clarified. He says it's the toughest job, but then you know he you know he acts like getting to Lubbock is like climbing Mount Everest. Um, it, it was very evident from his 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 conversation that he doesn't understand that you don't have to fly to you don't have to fly into Dallas and then drive to Lubbock. We actually have an airport. And quite frankly, our airport, I'll, I'll take our airport, you know, in this area, Lubbock, over a bunch of other airports that I've traveled in because, you know, getting there is not a nightmare. You don't have to really fight traffic. Uh, getting through the TSA pat down, you know, not a nightmare. Um, and, you know, I think the only drawback is it needs a Chick-fil-A. That's, that's you know, that needs to be fixed. 
But I mean, once you get in there, you know, it's not crowded. Um, here's what, here's the airports I hate the most. I hate airports that you have to number one, stand like hour and hours on in on TSA, you know, and I, I have TSA pre-check, which by the way, money well spent. Um, but even then, you know, if you have TSA pre-check in some airports, Denver, I'm looking at you, um, you still have to stand in line for, you know, a horrible amount of time. And then once you get through, Here's the airports I really can't stand. Then you got to take some sort of train to get to your terminal. Again, Denver, I'm looking at you um, for this and not not a fan of that. So at least Lubbock Airport, you don't have to do that. But anyway, it just amazes me that there's this, there's this perception, and it's not just Jeff Goodman, that, oh, it's so hard to get to Lubbock. Oh, it's like getting to the, you know, it's like going to the moon. It's really not. And again, like I said, I'd rather drive to the Lubbock airport than most airports in the country. You're not fighting traffic to get there. You know, every other airport that I normally fly out of, you're fighting some traffic. So, you know, it's just just amazing to me. But, you know, I do credit Jeff Goodman for coming on uh, and, you know, talking, hashing it out and talking about what his perception is. I, I don't think tech is the hardest job in the Big 12. Um, I'll talk about what, which ones I do think it is in our listener questions because that was one of the questions this week. Um, but, you know, first of all, I think if you look at facilities, the USA, one of the best arenas, not only in the Big 12 but in the country, they just built a $30 million practice facility for basketball. Um, and, and what's been proven, you know, obviously with Country Club Beard when he was there, but certainly with Mark Adams, is you can attract high-level talent to Texas Tech. And it wasn't even, you know, even before Beard, you know, Bob Knight attracted talent. You know, James Dickey attracted talent. Um, you know, Tech has been a, a basketball program that's had strong years through multiple coaches. Um, yeah, it fell down, you know, after Bob Knight left, you know, the Pat Knight experiment didn't work well. You know, Billy Gillespie came in and I thought Billy Gillespie would do well here. And <laughs> that was that was a disaster. And then, you know, but Tubby Smith built it back up, you know, Beard ran with it. And Mark Adams is, is, you know, truly showing he was the architect behind the whole Beard, uh, Beard culture, Beard, uh, Beard myth, as, as, uh, as you could say. So um, it's, I, I just, I heavily disagree. It's not the toughest job in, you know, in college basketball and certainly in the big 12. So um, I do want to mention just a little nugget on Tech Baseball before we get into NFL stuff. Um, you know, Tech Baseball this week, uh, D1 Baseball released their rankings, and Tech is uh, preseason ranked at number 14. Saw a lot of Tech fans kind of upset about that. Here's my Again, here's my take on, on preseason rankings. They really don't mean much. Uh, this, this Texas Tech basketball team that's, you know, had – Great impressive wins this year over, you know, Tennessee, Kansas, Baylor, Iowa State. You know, I put West Virginia as an impressive win because they're always a tough out. They were they did they uh, beginning of the season weren't ranked, weren't really well regarded, quite frankly. Um, so this idea of oh, you know, Tech baseball number fourteen, you know, you're you're going to have an opportunity very early on Tech baseball to to impress people. Um, you know, the opening tournament. Coming up next month, I mean, they're going to be playing Auburn, Michigan, Arizona, normal powers in baseball. 
They're going to go play a series against at Mississippi State, the reigning national champions. So, you know, they'll be fine. And, you know, I think Tech, they, they lost a lot off of last year's team. But, you know, I, I think they certainly probably reloaded. You know, Tech, if you look at recruiting rankings, they're consistently top 10 in college baseball recruiting. So they'll be fine. And, you know, like I said, preseason rankings don't mean much. It's, it's just one of those things that people salivate over and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I prefer to see what happens on the field versus, you know, what the rankings. And if Tech, Tech wins some games, you know, they'll be in the position they've been in last, you know, several years with Tadlock. They'll be hosting a regional, potentially hosting a super regional, and going back to Omaha. And they're going to get that opportunity, I think, um, you know, if they, if they can win some games, take care of business. So not really fretting about rankings right now. All right, so let's talk some NFL, and we're going we're gonna to start with the depressing stuff, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and I got to apologize to Dallas Cowboy fans because I'm going to hold some response, take some responsibility for last week's loss because I drank the Kool-Aid and I said the Cowboys, this was the year they were going to go back to the Super Bowl. And I don't know what I was thinking. Because what in the last 26 years would make me think that the Cowboys could win multiple playoff games, least of which one playoff game? They've only done that twice in the last 26 years. So I'm sorry, Cowboy fans. I gave you false hope. I can't believe I fell into the trap of thinking that this this organization would do something in the playoffs. You know, and I've been, I am a long-time Cowboys fan. I was there in the 90s when they won three Super Bowls. I can still remember it in my head where I was, watching it. And, I mean, I've been a Cowboys fan through that, through the idiocy of running off Jimmy Johnson after they won two straight Super Bowls and bringing in Barry Switzer, who somehow backed his way into a Super Bowl, through Chan Gailey, Dave Campo. We got Bill Parcells, and we still couldn't win, through Jolly Wade, and I like Wade Phillips, but he's not a good head coach. He's a good D.C., through Jason Garrett, and now through Mike McCarthy. I was, I've been a Cowboys th- fan through when Troy went down and 2001 draft. The Cowboys had a chance to pick Drew Brees. And who did they pick? Quincy Carter. I was a Cowboys fan then. I was a Cowboys fan when Chad Hutchinson was playing. Clint Sterner. Anthony Wright. We got Drew Bledsoe. And then finally, well, I forgot Vinny Testaverde. We had him for a little bit. Then we got Tony Romo and had a chance in Seattle game when he fumbled the when he fumbled the field goal snap. I've been a Cowboys fan through it all. And you know, here's who I feel sorry for. I feel sorry for Cowboys fans that are younger than me. And they still have they have such a strong following even with you know people that are, you know, like kids. And they've like I, I feel for them because they've never been able to experience 
Super Bowl wins. At least I have. You know, credit to them for following the Cowboys when it's just been pain and sorrow for 26 years. You know, at least I got to I got to, you know, see three Super Bowl wins with the Cowboys. But now it's been 26 years. And let's be honest. As an organization, as far as success, the Cowboys are on level with the Browns and the Lions at this point. That's a hard truth to take, but that's where we're at, Cowboy fans. We haven't been to a conference championship game and they're, since 1996. Here are the teams that have not been to a conference championship game since the Cowboys got there. Detroit Lions. Cleveland Browns. Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody else has been to a conference championship game since the Cowboys have been there. Even teams that didn't exist back then. The Texans have been there. Jacksonville, which is a constant mess because I I don't think their owner knows what they're doing. They've been to conference championship games twice since the Cowboys, actually three times since the Cowboys have been to a conference championship game. We're not a good organization. The Dallas Cowboys are a mess. And here's here's the deal. It's not just Jerry Jones' problem anymore. I don't think he has much power. It's an organization-wide mess. And I know there's people talking about, well, let's get rid of Mike McCarthy. You know, we can't let Kellen Moore go. Dan Quinn, we can't let him go. It doesn't matter. They could hire Bill Belichick tomorrow, and they still would be a mess on the field because the culture of the Cowboys is a mess. There's no accountability. They had 14 penalties last week. There's no accountability. And that organization worries more about, do we have a pretty stadium with pretty artwork than building a quality NFL organization? Do you think Bob Kraft worried about pretty stadium over building a team around Tom Brady? Do you think that the Hunts in Kansas City worry about making Arrowhead this pretty little shrine than building a team? That's the problem, folks. And it's not going to change anytime soon. So here's the the deal. I'm still going to be a Cowboys fan. I'm still going to watch them. But my expectations are just going to be low. They're going to be low, and I can't get disappointed and lured in to, oh, this could be the year. Nope. We are the Lions. We are the Browns. We're on that level. And until they prove me otherwise, that's how I feel about the Cowboys. So, again, I at least remember three Super Bowl wins. People younger than me, you're the ones that are the heroes as fans. Because you've been following this for 26 years where there's not been 
anything in return good. So, I'm done talking about the Cowboys until next August. Soapbox dismount. So, let's talk about the rest of the NFL playoffs. We'll talk a little bit about this weekend's games. I think we've got some pretty pretty intriguing games coming up this weekend. We start today with the two number one seeds playing. We're going to have the Packers and the 49ers uh, playing at Lambeau. Um, you know... Here's here's the deal. Um, this is a tough one as as some as a historical Cowboys fan. These are two uh, two teams that I can't stand. Um, I, I can't stand the 49ers more than than the Packers. Ugh, you know, I'll just I'll just be honest with that. But I really don't like the Packers either, and I don't really don't trust the Packers. Um, you know, I've seen this movie before with you know Aaron Rodgers has this strong Packers team. They come in the playoffs, the one or one seed, two seed, and then they just no show. They've done they've no showed multiple times against the 49ers in the playoffs. Um, but I th- I think this is the year that the Packers break through, and I think they do take care of business against the uh, 49ers today. I just think that um, I just think it'll I think the Packers will get it done today. So I do I do see the Packers winning. And then our, our other game today is Titans taking on the Bengals. And by the way, congratulations to the Bengals. Uh, winning their first playoff game since 1991. Um, real impressive. Um, but I, I do think they run out of gas today against the Titans. I think the Titans take care of business. So I do I do see both number one seeds winning today. Um, and then we've got the Sunday games. And the Sunday games, I think, are going to be the more intriguing games. I think you're going to see some really interesting games on Sunday. You start with the Rams and the Buccaneers and I'm going with the Rams in the upset and I maybe I'm I'm falling into a bear trap here like I did last week with the Cowboys uh with doubting Tom Brady, but I'm just I'm really high on this Rams team. And, you know, I just I think I think they they're going to go on a run here and so I'm picking the Rams to win. And then we've got the game, I think that well, that's going to be the game of the week, which, which is Bills and Chiefs. Both teams last week basically blew out their opponents. The Bills, I mean, they scored on it. They scored a touchdown on every offensive possession they had. And this was against the Patriots. I mean, Bill Belichick's Patriots. Very impressive. Um, Chiefs, impressive last week, too. I mean, they... They spotted Pittsburgh seven points and then just proceeded to, you know, go on a run. And, I mean, you know, Travis Kelsey even got a touchdown pass. Um, So this is going to be an intriguing game. It's at Arrowhead. Um, The last time these two teams played, they played in the regular season. Uh, Buffalo beat Kansas City pretty handily. This was early on in the season when Kansas City was reeling um, early on. Um, So... This is the one I'm having the hardest time picking, to be honest with you, because I got a heart for the Chiefs. That's my, you know, I love Patrick Mahomes, but I want to be realistic. It's hard to get to four straight in a uh, conference championship games. It's hard to get to three straight Super Bowls. Here's my thinking, and I hope I'm not jinxing it. I th- I think it's going to be very hard for Josh Allen 
to replicate what what he and the Bills did last week against Kansas City. I think the Chiefs pull it out in the end, and they win. So that sets up conference championship games of Rams and Buccaneers, or Rams and Buccaneers, Rams and Packers, and Chiefs and Titans. Rams and Packers, I'm picking the Rams. Like I said, I, I you know, I, I'm just something about this Rams team. I I think they're they're going to go on a run, and I think they're going to get themselves to the Super Bowl. And then we've got Titans and Chiefs. The Chiefs will have to go to Tennessee, which they did early in the season, and they laid a big fat egg um, against the Titans. I think the Titans probably win. I think it'll be closer than um, their last time. Again, this is a head versus heart pick. I w- I'd love for the Chiefs to go back to Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl or bust with the Chiefs, obviously. But I just I look at history, and I just think at some point they're going to run out of gas. Um, I don't think they're going to run out of gas in the AFC Championship against the Titans. I just think that... The Titans, this is the year they break through and get to the Super Bowl. And so we set up a rematch of one of the best endings to a Super Bowl, Super Bowl 34, Rams and Titans. And I think you have a different outcome this go around. I think the Titans win. Um, I just, I think this is the year for the Titans. And uh, so we'll see if I'm right. I actually hope I'm wrong, especially I hope I'm wrong with the AFC Championship. Uh, game, but uh, I think we're I think we're trending at this point towards a Rams Titans Super Bowl. So, be interesting nonetheless to see what happens. We're gonna go ahead and take our break, and then when we come back, I'm gonna give you some uh, answers to some listener questions. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. We got quite a few listener questions this week, and again, if you Want to ask a question um, that on the show, best way to do that is to follow me on Twitter. The official Twitter account of The Chris Carpenter Show is at The C Carp Show. And I usually will tweet out a few hours before I record and just to reply to that. Or you can also DM me. At this point, DMs are open. May not last if I you know get a bunch of weird DMs, but... Haven't had that happen yet. Knock on wood. So, but uh, that's the best way to ask questions. Like I said, we got we got a lot of questions this week. Let's go ahead and jump right in to our questions. Let's start with Alan's got a question about uh, tech tech basketball. With tech being declared the worst job in the Big Twelve, what do you think is actually the worst job, and what are the worst cities in the Big Twelve? Present and future. So I'm going to give you my rankings of the worst job in the Big 12 first. I'm not going to count um, the four future Big 12 teams. And I am going to take into account Oklahoma and Texas right now. Um, so I'm going to start at the top um, first. And I think, I think honestly, the best job in the Big 12 right, right now, right now and forever, quite frankly, is going to be Kansas um, you know, Kansas is just, they're a blue blood. Kansas is up there with Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky. I think, um, most any coach that goes there can win. And that's not a shot at Bill Self. I think Bill Self 
is a very good coach. Um, but you know, it's it's still it's Kansas. You you start off with a, with an advantage immediately. So I think Kansas head and shoulders is probably the best um, coaching job in the Big Twelve. Um, then you get into, I think, a little bit of some some muddling. I'm gonna I'm gonna say number two right now, just based on resources, is Texas Tech. Texas Tech has proven that they are willing to spend money on this basketball program, whether it be coaches' salaries or whether it be facilities. Um, both both of them, I think, you know, Texas Tech's proven that that this is a very good coaching job, and I I think it's been proven by multiple coaches at this point that it is not difficult to recruit quality players to Lubbock. Um, you know, certainly Mark Adams has proven that. Judas Country Club Beard proved that. Tubby Smith proved that. Bob Knight, you know, James Dickey. List goes on and on. I th- I would put Texas Tech at number two as far as uh, coaching jobs in the Big 12. Number three, I'm going to say is Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has a solid history at, at basketball, facility-wise, pretty good facilities. Um, they've poured a lot of money into it. You know, they've they've had they've made some, I think, pretty uh, not so hot coaching hires, but I, I do think Boynton, that's there right now, is a solid coaching hire. Um, I think the NCAA did them dirty with the with the ruling. Um, honestly, I think this is what happened. I think that you know Kansas did wrong. Let's put Oklahoma State on on probation. Make an example out of them. That's what the NCAA does because they protect the blue bloods, but they'll come down hard on you know teams like Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. It's been victimized by that. UTEP got victimized that back in the nineties. But I, I still think Oklahoma State is probably your number three um, coaching coaching job. I think number four is probably West Virginia. Um, they've they've had a solid string of of great solid coaches. I may make fun of him. I may rip on him. I may not like him. Bob Huggins is a heck of a coach. Before they had him, they had John Bayline or Beeline, and he did a great job there. I mean, they got Tech back in two thousand five. We you know we got pit snoggled. Um, against them in the Sweet 16 at the pit, no less. So um, I think that's – I would put that as the as the number four coaching job in the Big 12. Number five, I would put Iowa State. I think when you have the right guy and through the years, Iowa State's had some solid right coaches. Tim Floyd in the 90s, Larry Eustachie. Um, when they had the guy that's not Nebraska that went to the NBA, and I, my, I'm drawing a blank. Let me look that up. Behind the scenes, the Chris Carpenter show. Um, let me look up what that guy's name is. This is what happens when you are hyper focused on one team above all. Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, when they had Fred Hoiberg, I think a very uh, did a very good job at Iowa State. Built it back up. I think the current guy at Iowa State was a solid hire. I think he's proven that thus far. T.J. Otzelberger, Otzelberger, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I would put them uh, next in the list. So I've got, so far, Kansas number one, Tech number two, Oklahoma State three, West Virginia four, Iowa State five. 
I think number six is Texas. Um, I think, again, you're going to get high-level recruits at Texas. The problem has been getting them to play together. Um, and I think you're always going to have that problem. I think the, another problem you have at Texas is fan support. You've seen that. I think, by the way, I didn't get into this in the tech basketball story, but <laughs> tech fans caused the <laughs> caused the website to crash um, for the game that's going to be at the Irwin Center um, February 19th. Um, you know, because they all bought, they found the pre-sale code and bought tickets. So, um, but you know, I think, I still think tech or it's not tech, excuse me. I still think UT, um, if you get the right person in there and if, if the fans, the little fans they have and the boosters lets the guy coach is still a good job. You know, they really, I think, messed up running off Rick Barnes. I think Rick Barnes was a fantastic coach there. Um, you know, Shaka Smart had some great seasons. But their expect their expectations are wild, and I don't know why. You've never won national championships in basketball at Texas. You've only been to one Final Four back in 2003. But, you know, I it's still the, the Texas brand. I still think you're going to get some quality players. And they... It's just a matter of just knowing that you're never you're never going to be on that level of Duke and Kentucky, Texas. Figure it out, you know. Number seven, I would probably put Oklahoma there. You know, Oklahoma has been a good job through the years, and they've been able to attract high level talent. Um, you know, they had Blake Griffin, they had Trey Young, Hollis Price back in two thousand two. And so they've been able to attract some solid talent, and they've had solid coaches there. You know, Kelvin Sampson, great coach there, you know, before he cheated and then, you know, ran off before getting busted by the NCAA to Indiana. Um, you had, you know, Long Kruger, I thought, uh, was a great uh, hire there. I think the current guy, Porter Moser, is a good good hire. Uh, but I just think ultimately Oklahoma basketball, you're always going to be second fiddle um, to Oklahoma football. I think facilities-wise, you know, not on par with the rest of the Big 12 um, and, and with the rest of high-level basketball. So still a good job, though. I think if you get somebody in there and that's the right fit and they've done a good job of bringing in right fits, uh, you, you, can, you can do some damage. Um, now we get to the kind of the bottom of the barrel, and we've got several teams that I have not talked about yet. So we're at, what, number seven? So, um, honestly, I would put number eight as Baylor um, as coaching jobs. I think Scott Drew has done a heck of a job there. But, again, Waco, location's a little rough. Fan support, a little rough. Yet they still won a national championship. Kudos to them. Um, but I, still, I, 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 I think that's still a situation of coaching job. I don't know if I would go there. Their athletic director, Mac Rhodes, has done a heck of a job bringing in high-level coaches. Um, but, you know, I've also seen Baylor at the worst of the worst. And I just think at some point, you know, Mac Rhodes is going to leave. Um, and can that can that trend continue? I don't think so. Now, number nine, I would probably put Kansas State as number nine is as worst coaching job. Um, I just, I don't, I just don't think, um, 
There's not a lot there facility-wise. You're in the middle of Manhattan, Kansas. You know, Kansas State's, I think, is the is the program. Kansas State and Baylor, those are the two athletic programs that need the Big 12 to stay together the most. Um, because if it if it falls apart, they have nowhere to go. Um, you know, they're the ones that are going to be in the in the biggest pickle. Um, so number 10, I would put TCU, um, TCU doesn't have a lot of history tradition facilities wise, not very good. They, I think they made a good hire bringing in Jamie Dixon, but I think what's been proven is there's a lot more problems than coaching hire. I just don't, I just don't ever see them getting to the point where they can even finish in the top half of the Big 12. I think I think their ceiling is 5th or 6th in the Big 12 and getting into the tournament as a lower 6 or 7 seed, 8 seed. I just don't see much getting better for them. So, anyway, that's my rankings. I think, you know, you know, I think there's a lot of good Big 12 jobs and the majority of them, I think most most other coaches in the country would come to a Big 12 school in a heartbeat. But, you know, there's a couple of them that are kind of bottom of the barrel, though, too. So good question by Alan. Let's go ahead and, and get back to our listener questions. We've got a question from Toby, and his question is, what is one realistic improvement the Texas basketball Texas Tech basketball program could be doing going forward in 2022? That's an easy one. Free throws. They've got to get better at free throw shooting. Um, I think the good thing is they tend to make their free throws at the end of games. But, you know, beginning of game, mid-game, there's a lot of just missed free throws. And I got to tell you, if, if I'm an opposing coach, I may employ the hack-a-shack, me- hack-a-shack method with tech basketball because there's, there's a lot of tech basketball players that don't know how to shoot free throws. We've been lucky so far that we've made them at the end of the game when needed. But we got to get better at free throws. Good question, Toby. Um, let's talk about, this is a fun question from JP. Was Chris Beard actually Bernie Lomax from Weekend at Bernie's and was actually controlled by strings that were operated by Mark Adams? So here's the deal. I, I love to give Country Club, Judas Country Club Beard a hard time. And a lot of it is, I, I think the way he left Tech was awful. Number one, going to University of Texas, but number two, the timing where it was basically they saved money. He basically, I think he knew he was leaving, didn't bother to recruit, you know, left the cupboard pretty empty. And Mark Adams did a heck of a job filling it back up. Um, but, you know, Beard's a good coach. He is a good coach. I just think he's not a good fit in a place like Austin, uh, University of Texas, because University of Texas is they, – their expectations are they're going to be the Duke and the North Carolina, the Kentuckys of college basketball, that you're going to attract all this five-star talent and just run amok. And I just – I think Beard needs to realize – he, his coaching style is not conducive to five-star athletes. And that's not a bad thing. 
um, you know, I think five-star athlete ability only takes you so far. John Calipari, he's a type of coach that's good with five stars. Coach K, certainly. But I think the, the type of defense, the type of offense that Chris Beard runs, not conducive to five-star athletes. Now, having said that, I think it's been bared out that Mark Adams had a lot more input, a lot more influence on this Texas Tech program that went to a national championship game than people thought. I still credit Beard for getting us to that national championship game, but the Mark Adams fingerprints to get there is a lot more extensive than people thought. So no, I don't necessarily think that Adams was controlling Beard like weekend at Bernie's, but I think it's I think it's been bared out that this basketball program is going to be fine having Mark Adams as coach, and I think what Chris Beard needs to realize is they're not he's not going to be successful trying to recruit five stars. He needs to be successful recruiting the type of players he had at Tech early on and I don't think he's going to realize that because I think he wants to go to the NBA and you know good luck to him I guess I'm I'm happy we have Mark Adams all right few more questions another one nearly half this is from Alan nearly halfway through the big 12 how would you rank the coaching performances so far this season really good question so um I think number one obviously would be Mark Adams um, I don't think anybody expect. Well, I, 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 I'm, let me rephrase that. I think a lot of tech fans expected this. I did. I knew what we got when we got Mark Adams. Um, but I think a lot of people didn't expect that. And he, I mean, look at the wins and the losses. Iowa State, they had only seven people, should have still won that game. Kansas State, I don't see that as a bad loss. I think Kansas State's going to beat a few more people, you know? So I put Mark Adams as number one coaching job, uh, coaching job uh, this year. I think uh, TJ, let me make sure I pronounce his name right, TJ Olsenberger, I would put him at number two um, to turn around Iowa State this quickly. It's I think it's a big surprise. Number three, I would put Scott Drew. Um, you know, Baylor lost a lot of pieces from last year's national championship game, and they keep chugging along. Yeah, they had a couple bad losses last week, but – you know they're still they're still a strong team. You know, you know number four, I would probably put um, probably Bill Self. You know, Kansas keeps chugging along as well. You know they've they've had a pretty solid season as well. Number five, I would probably put. Let's see here. I probably for number five, just based on the last week or so. Probably put Bruce Weber. Um, you know he's gotten some pretty quality wins last couple week, uh, last couple games. Probably put him at number five as coaching jobs this season. Whoop! Sorry, I'm looking at the standings right now because I want to make sure I've got the right information um, about what's been going on. Let's see here. So number five, I put Bruce Weber. Number six. You know, Bob Huggins, they're, you know, they're, again, they're chugging along. They're getting some high-quality wins. Certainly a tournament team, again, you know. 
Number seven, uh, probably I would put, uh, you know, Porter Moser's had some impressive wins. They're, they're still a team that I think they'll make it to the NCAA tournament this year. Probably be a lower seed, but I think they'll get there. You know, number eight, um, I would put Oklahoma State. I think, like I said, I like Boynton as a coach. I think they were done very wrong by the NCAA, um, you know, for the, the whole probation stuff. And I think, honestly, they've checked they've checked out in a lot of games um, this year, which I think, you know, not good. Not a good thing, you know. So where are we at? So, sorry, I'm not a math teacher. I don't pretend to play one, so I need to go back. And, so I had, uh, I've already said Adam, Self, Drew. I'm not putting them back in the order I had before. Boynton. Moser, Huggins, Weber, Otsimer. Um, on so I think I've only got two left. I think I would put Beard Beard at number nine. Um, they just honestly, what's what is their impressive win? Again, I just think Beard, the best thing that he can do is realize the strategy of five stars and just piling up the five stars not working. Okay. And then TCU, I'm sorry. Sorry, Jamie Dixon. I loved you at Pittsburgh, but it's just not working out at TCU. So, you know, they still got a chance at the tournament, though. So kudos to them. But that's that's where I would rank them right now. All right, a few more questions. Thank you for the questions, by the way, guys. Got some good ones this week. Uh, so Tom, he's got a couple questions. One sports, one Star Trek, and I am going to answer the Star Trek. Um, so I'm gonna break my rule a little bit. So, um, sports question: Does Pete Rose deserve to stay in the WWE Hall of Fame? Yes, he does, and he deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yes, I know he bet on baseball and all that, but I still think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, there we're not. It's not a character Hall of Fame. Um, you got Ty Cobb in there, and that dude was terrible character wise. But yeah, I put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. I think again. He shot himself in the foot by lying for so long that he that he didn't bet on baseball. I think if he had come out and basically said this is this is everything earlier, I think he'd have a higher chance of getting in. But you know, I don't know if he'll ever get in. But I would put him in. Uh, he does deserve to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Does deserve does deserve to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Tom also asked about, is the whole temporal time travel aspect of Star Trek played out? So, I'm breaking my uh, non-Star Trek rule this week, and I am going to answer this question. Um, depends on the story, that's what I would say. This is coming up because we're going to have another season of Picard coming soon, where they're going to have time travel. I think time travel on shows, when done right, is good story. Sometimes it's lazy writing. So I think it just depends on the story. And I'm intrigued to see how they do it with the Picard. So I I think, you know, sorry, Tom, you might think this is a cop-out, but I think it depends on the story. All right, few more questions. Dennis, good question for Dennis. If, he, if I could only eat at one fast food restaurant for the rest of my life, which one would it be? Uh, Chick-fil-A, <laughs> for sure. You know, burgers, I can I, I can cook my own burgers at home on my Foreman grill better than most fast food places. 
can't I can't replicate Chick-fil-A though. So definitely Chick-fil-A. So anyway, lots of good questions. Thank you for these listener questions. Again, if you want um if you want to ask listener questions, follow me on Twitter at the C Carp Show. All right, we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna finish up with the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And welcome back to the Chris Carpenter Show. It's now time for the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. My tip of the week is for all of those that love movies. I'm a movie lover, and you probably have been able to pick on that, pick up on that pretty quickly uh, when I talk review movies. Uh, my tip of the week is most movie companies now have some sort of special like movie club type thing. Enroll in that. If you go to movies a lot, enroll in that, and it pays for itself. You know, I'm currently um, I'm a Cinemark Movie Club member, Platinum member. So I get basically what that means is I think, uh, you know, I pay about $10 a month. And you get, if you're Platinum, that means you go to movies a lot. I get two free uh, movie tickets a month, and they roll over. So if I don't use them, they go to them the next month. You can still get the Cinemark Movie Club, um, the regular membership, and I, like I said, I think it's about $10 a month, and with that, you get one free movie ticket a month. Again, it rolls over, and then you know if you order online, which I typically order on the app, um, you don't have to pay the handling and service fees, you know, stupid hidden fees that companies have, and then if you like concessions you get a 20% off on concessions um, at the theater. So something worth to look into. I know Alamo Drafthouse, they have their uh, pass um, thing that I think you pay a certain amount and you just you get basically, uh, they waive the fees. and uh, Well, actually, they don't waive the fees. You basically you know pay just the fees, which is like one, one or two dollars. That's worth it as well. What really was worth it was when we had movie pass, but unfortunately that got bankrupt. But anyway, that would be my tip of the week is, you know, check into your, your local theater, find what type of uh, special deal, special card they have and enroll in that if you are into movies. So anyway, that's this, that is the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And I know it's a longer show today. I didn't mean to go as long, but we had some great questions, had some, obviously a lot of sports to talk about, um, but you know, thank you for tuning in this week to uh, Chris Carpenter Show, and I will see you next week. Hope everybody has a great rest of their weekend, and I will see you next week on the Chris Carpenter Show.